Your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so does not cost you a single cent and ensures you never miss another episode. Before we get underway, I did want to tell you about another great podcast from the Locked On Network that you should be listening to because you need more hockey news and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today wherever you get your favorite podcasts. On tonight's show, there are a couple of topics to discuss. Um, the first one, we'll talk about a couple of current events and some Stanley Cup Finals thoughts from Montreal versus Tampa Bay. And then we also have a very special guest of the Locked on Columbus Blue Jackets podcast, Jay, to discuss a number of different topics, including the recent acquisition of Pascal Vincent for Columbus's assistant coaching role, and then the Pierre-Luc Dubois and Patrick Laine post-trade performances. Before we get underway, though, there is some very tragic news to discuss um, that unfortunately does pertain to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and it is that um, the Blue Jackets goalie, Mattis Kivlenix, has actually passed away, unfortunately, from a fireworks incident. Our thoughts are very much with the family and friends of Mattis, and it's un- it's just a really tragic incident. You know, I think it just reminds everyone that we need to treasure the time that we have because there are often times when we, we really can't predict what's going to happen next. And it's important to remember and and treasure all those moments that we do have. My interview was recorded with Jay before all of this news came out this morning, so obviously we don't really reference it there. But I did want to bring it up before we get the episode underway. I'll admit it's it's a bit difficult to talk about hockey right now, but there is a Tampa Bay versus Montreal game ongoing for the Stanley Cup Finals, game number four. I'm sure a lot of us are watching it, and I do have some early thoughts from this first couple of periods. And it's basically that Montreal was, for most of the first period or so, hanging on by a threat. The Lightning were swarming the Habs. Montreal basically had no shots on goal. I think they mustered one or so, maybe even five at the top end. And they were just not really with it. Um, And into the second period, Montreal started getting more aggressive. They also did find a really great goal from Josh Anderson. This one almost out of nowhere. I forget if it was at the end of the first period or the beginning of the second period. But basically, that was kind of the point at which... The game began to pivot a bit, and Montreal started to become more aggressive and actually put shots on goal. One thing that was very noticeable is that Montreal still had a lot of turnover issues, especially on zone exits. Every time they would try to facilitate a breakout, they would pass right into a Tampa Bay skater, which, you know, in fairness, that's kind of what Tampa Bay does, especially against bigger, heavier, slower teams. If you're the kind of team that doesn't really make quick exits under control or something or pass it out quickly, Montreal occasionally being one of those teams, uh, Tampa Bay is kind of kryptonite for that sort of style. The Lightning love to jump those routes and make really aggressive reads, which puts a lot of pressure on defenders on the back end for the opposing team to be nearly perfect. And thus far for Montreal, their defenders, you know, it's just not really been a great series for them. Carey Price definitely came up in force tonight, though. I thought he had a great first couple of periods. And then, unfortunately for him, he found himself the victim of a really rough rebound. 
I, I don't know that you can necessarily blame him. He was marvelous through the first couple of periods, but then this rebound off of him went to Barkley Goudreau, and just like that, the game is tied. I'll say this for Montreal. I think that they've done about as much as you could expect for a team that was definitely not one of the playoff favorites. In fact, they weren't even thought to be making the postseason for much of the middle portion of this uh, regular season run. They ended up sneaking in on the back end, and it wasn't like they were a highly touted team, but they did deserve a place as we saw in the postseason. They could be a competent team, but I think they've just run into a squad that is frankly levels above them in terms of skill and depth, and that's not necessarily a critique of Montreal specifically. This is just how Tampa Bay is compared to the rest of the NHL. But there is one thing that kind of sticks out, and I feel like Montreal's defense for me has been one of the biggest problems with the team. Aside from the finishing, I know finishing is always an issue with the Habs. It's one of their, you know, critical weaknesses throughout the past couple of years. But I feel like the defense in particular has been especially noticeable and in the wrong ways. Mark Bergevin loves these really big physical defenders, but the problem with these guys is that when you face really fast skilled teams that transition quickly, that pressure aggressively, you find yourself the victim of, of a lot of turnovers, really bad passes, and poor decisions under pressure. And then I think back to the fact that Montreal gave away a top four young defender who's very mobile, very active on the puck in Victor Mete, and I ask myself, you know, Bergevin was nominated as a finalist for GM of the year, and I think to myself, what? What exactly did he do to deserve that, right? There were some moves that I thought were savvy, but then I look at the rest of the moves that he's made, and it's like, yeah, Montreal kind of is a bit fortunate that they got this far. This can be a decent team, but it's certainly not the kind of squad that is really designed to win a cup. And so I, I think back on some of the moves that they've made and the fact that they could have maybe had a better series if they hadn't made, you know, a bit of a commitment to some of these bigger, slower defenders who really can't facilitate breakouts and stuff easily... And obviously, you know, the, the forward talent is one thing that they can't really just compensate for easily. But I, I think seeing Thomas Tatar benched a lot, and Jesperi Kotkaniemi also benched at times, it, it asks a lot of questions about what the direction of this team is. And I think going into the future seasons in which the divisions are going to be realigned back to where they were before, I'm just not real sure that Montreal made the right decisions throughout the season in the past couple of years. I know that, you know, obviously making the Stanley Cup Finals is an incredible achievement for any team, and especially for the Habs, but when you think about it, it's not really done in a sustainable way. So I think Montreal is going to have a tough time over the next few years. If they actually lose tonight's game, I think they will rue their missed chance to make an impact and win a Stanley Cup. It wasn't going to happen against this Tampa Bay team. It may, you know, turn around somehow, but I really don't see it. You know, Tampa Bay is just too deep. They're too skilled. And right now, Montreal is in a 3 nothing hole. Even if this series doesn't end tonight, I have a feeling it'll end very soon. And so I look at the Habs and I think about how hard they fought and how much it hasn't really mattered once they've gotten to the Cup Finals. And you have to ask yourself, who's really going to be capable of actually getting to this point? And then once you reach this point, actually beating a team like Tampa, how do we actually build a really good contender? I don't know. You know, I, I think there are a lot of coaching decisions, roster decisions, all these moves and stuff. And then I look at the Jets who got embarrassed by Montreal and I feel like, Wow, we're like super behind the curve, you know? It's a tough reality, but hopefully Winnipeg over the next couple of seasons begins to rebuild and starts to evaluate where they are and make some really good decisions because the Jets have a lot of potential. I feel like that's something that gets missed and that's it's true. The Jets could be a really great team, but until they start making some commitments to getting to the point of being competitive, getting to this next level, and reaching where they were a couple of years ago... The Jets are going to be stuck in limbo. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what the Jets should do, so be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets, and I'm sure throughout the offseason I'll have conversations about this on future episodes.
Up next, however, it is time to pivot towards another topic, and that is welcoming Jay from Locked on Columbus Blue Jackets to talk about Pascal Vincent and Pierre-Luc Dubois. Before we move ahead, though, I did think you should hear about why Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, or you're a long-time listener of this podcast, by now you know that I personally love Built Bars because they're the only protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They include some fantastic flavors like coconut, cherry barcia, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and so much more. Right now, from July 6th through 9th, you can also get a very special brand new flavor, Grasshopper Cookie. If you've ever had an actual grasshopper, I can personally assure you that the Built Bar version is phenomenal. And just like the rest of Built Bar's incredible lineup, the Grasshopper Bar is healthy for you, with only 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and 5 grams of sugar. It's all the deliciousness, with absolutely none of the guilt. If you want a sampling of Built Bar's great flavor lineup, be sure to get the Mix Box, which gives you two bars of nine different flavors. To place your order, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Don't delay, order today. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are now having a very special guest from Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets, Jay Forrester, to discuss the Pierre-Luc Dubois season performances and some stuff later on in the episode about Pascal Vincent's departure for the Blue Jackets. So right at the start of the season, um, you know, things were things were going okay. We weren't winning very many games, but, uh, you know, the Blue Jackets are, are historically slow starters. Um, training camp is happening. And then um, it all comes out that Pierre-Luc Dubois is unhappy in Columbus and wants a trade. And I think literally five days later, he was gone. Um, he went to Winnipeg, which is, I guess his right as a as a Canadian um, to to willingly go to Winnipeg. Um, and in return, we got uh, Patrick Laine and Jack Roslovic, who had very different seasons for us than I think a lot of people were expecting. Um, immediately after the trade, I sat down with Harrison Lee of Locked on Winnipeg Jets to kind of get some inside scouting on Patrick Laine. And I figured now that the season is over and we have most of a full season for all the players we could kind of sit down and have a chat about you know how how they have been doing in their new homes and also just a catch-up because I don't know about you guys but I miss Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, and I would like to know how he is doing so uh thank you for for once again coming to to talk to me Harrison and um allowing me to have feelings about my largest (laughs) ex-son I am happy to be here, and uh, obviously I think a lot of folks have personal attachments to Patrick Laine. You still see Winnipeg fans saying, oh, I wish he was still a Jet. So I think on on both counts, you know, both fan bases feel in some way connections to their former players. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting because I feel like, and I don't know if you've seen this from like a Winnipeg point of view, but I've seen a lot of people from Columbus because Patrick Lane did not turn up and immediately score like 50 goals. Um, a lot of people in Columbus are like, well, why did we even get him? Why can't we have Dubois back? Um, which is interesting because I feel like it might be a similar story in Winnipeg of, well, we want Patrick Lane back. You know, what, what has Dubois done for us, done for us lately? So um, let's, let's get into it, I guess. How, how did Dubois' regular season go? We could kind of get into playoffs um, in a little bit, but obviously only one of us made the playoffs, so that's going to be a, a bit of a shorter conversation. <laughs> uh, well, let's let's be honest, our, our playoff run wasn't exactly sterling either, but 
as far as Dubois season is concerned, I, I think it wasn't nearly as crappy as people thought it was, but it also wasn't good. Dubois definitely didn't seem comfortable at all in Winnipeg systems. And I kind of expected it to take several months before he would. He kind of strikes me as a player that is a bit of a slow learner when it comes to changing environments and stuff. I feel like his style of game and the way that he plays, it's it's very impactful, but it tends to be very straightforward and to the point, which for the Jets, they don't ever seem to really do anything that is straight into the point. And I feel like, yeah, I mean, he his his approach to like crashing the slot and the way that he likes to hover around the goal line and stuff, Winnipeg doesn't really do that kind of stuff. Um, the Jets love trying to create off the rush, which sometimes works, but mostly doesn't because it's the Jets. And yeah, um, I, I think Dubois was okay, but then they had these really bad stretches where he would expect players to be in certain spots and he was making random passes and things that in Columbus, there might've been somebody there to fill the gap. But when it comes to the Jets, Winnipeg's not a super aggressive team. So in a lot of spaces where Columbus might've filled that, he basically just passed to like a random dude on the other team. So it made him look like he was a complete idiot at times, which I think everyone knows PLD is, is, is a smart kid and he knows what he's doing. It's just, I think this, this fit for him at first, it was a bit rough, but I expect, well, hopefully next season, it's going to be at least a little bit smoother. Yeah. I think muscle memory is a big, is a, a big thing in, in hockey and like for like offensive zone rushes, especially, um, and, you know, Dubois has spent the past four years, um, not only in Columbus, but under John Tortorella, who has a very specific idea of what he wants from his players. Um, so it, it doesn't surprise me to hear that Dubois kind of struggled to learn a new system because he spent the last four years learning from a coach that, um, who, in fairness, got results and I think he was really good for Dubois' development as, as he kind of started off as a young player in this league. But Tortorella is a, a, the kind of coach that um, doesn't really take kindly to... Um, how do I want to put this? He doesn't take kindly to players kind of taking the initiative and trying something new, I don't think. Um, and so it, it makes sense that Dubois has kind of struggled to not necessarily take initiative, but to learn that there is a different way to play hockey, if, if that makes sense. Because um, I think Line A struggled with the same thing, but in the other way, in that he's coming from this, this jet system that is kind of built around a very specific way to play hockey. And then, um, you know, for all, for all Winnipeg's faults, for everything that, you know, I feel like that they, they did wrong with, line a um which i think is probably about 50 percent less bad than people think it was um line a turned up in columbus and then there were all these reports of we want to turn him into a, a um a power forward or a 200 foot player and i'm like i don't like i get what you're trying to do here but line a's not not that guy. Um, and for all Winnipeg's faults, they seem to at least understand what kind of player they had in Patrick Line, which I don't know that John Tortorella ever fully did this season. It's funny you mentioned that because there was a time that Line was actually growing in that area with the Jets. Um, because Paul Maurice tried to force that too. 
Um, interestingly, it's not, it definitely isn't a thing that was exclusive to Tortorella. The Jets kind of thought that they could do it um, because he used to do it when he was in Finland. Um, when he was in Liga, he was a very different kind of player. He was, of course, an extraordinary sniper, but he was actually able to physically drive to the slot and create offense in a, you know, a variety of ways. And I feel like since coming here, I don't know what he expected. I know that, well, at least allegedly, he's very temperamental and kind of, he feels like he knows what he is. And so in that respect, he doesn't often adjust his game until like the, the last couple of months of his Jets tenure. Um, and last season, he was trying to change some things. Last season, it didn't really work. This year, I felt like the impacts were starting to show. But then he went to Columbus and it just kind of seems to have cratered out. So with Liney, I don't really know what he does next. I feel like when he tries to grow his, tries to grow his game, there are some parts that have been very successful especially in transition, but then the rest of his game. Yeah. I don't really know what to say about him. He he's had a bit of an up and down season and I feel like it's going to take a while for him at least to settle into Columbus. Speaking of settling into Columbus, the Jets recently lost Pascal Vincent to the Blue Jackets, who will be joining them as an assistant coach, and I had some thoughts, at least a few thoughts, just from seeing some of what he did with Manitoba. Before we chat about that, though, I wanted to tell you about why BetOnline should be the only place you do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why BetOnline should be your first option. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball, hockey, and basketball season are all in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international football, and every sport in between. No matter what you're into, BetOnline has your back. Before the next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action as all of your favorite teams begin their playoff quests for glory. Win while your favorite teams are all winning as well. To get started, go to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and register for a free account. Be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at registration for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on the Pascal Vincent hiring by the Columbus Blue Jackets. I do also want to talk a little bit about uh, another addition to the uh, Winnipeg Columbus pipeline that uh, that is slowly developing. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about Brad Larson uh, becoming head coach. He has chosen his uh, or two of his assistants. I don't know if they've decided whether they're adding a third one yet or not. Um, but his first choice was uh, Pascal Vincent, who was the longtime head coach for the Manitoba Moose, who are of course the AHL team of. Uh, of Winnipeg. So uh, I don't know if you could tell me just a little bit about about him. Uh, you told me that wonderful story about the uh, the power play that he did one time, which was, uh, as as far as I remember it, two forwards and three defensemen on, on one power play unit, which I am just, I am obsessed with that. I think about it approximately once a day. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, in, in fairness to Vincent, this is mostly because the Moose roster, this was very early in the season. Um, and so like <laughs> the forwards of the Moose were literally about 60% ECHLers and then random people they found uh, from college and stuff. And their defense was like Gavanki, 
um, Jonathan Kovacevic, Vili Heinola. And so like a lot of the more offensively gifted players on the team, which if you're building from the back end for a successful season, probably not going to go super well. Um, and I'll, I'll confess that like my knowledge of Vincent is, is limited. So I'll keep it kind of to what I've been able to catch of the moose. Um, but from what I've seen of Vincent, I think he he's more in line with Columbus's approach. He does like to favor more aggressive hockey in terms of having his D-men activate very frequently. He likes them to jump into the play. He likes them to spearhead transition up the ice. Where I kind of wonder about him is sometimes his lines and, and rotations were very much, you know how like uh, Barry Trotz loves putting Leo Komarov on like the first line? Ah, uh, Yes. <laughs> Oh no. Yeah, Vincent. <laughs> yeah, Vincent will kind of do that sometimes. Um, and he'll he'll like to protect the rookies too, which like I know he's the associate head coach, so it's not like he's he's running the operations, but in a lot of ways, I think that he he wants to be very aggressive but conservative in terms of ice times and deployments, which I, I understand to a point, but then like if you if you see Cole Perfetti is pacing at like a point and a half per game as a rookie, uh, who's basically a baby at the AHL level. And you're not really giving them a lot of ice time in terms of, you know, even strength stuff. I, I kind of wonder about that at times. I know what his thought process was, but there were moments where I was kind of like a little bit suspicious of Vincent. But if you asked me a choice between Vincent and say Paul Maurice, it's like, oh, I would, I would hundred percent take Vincent's philosophy over the way the jets are currently right now. So I, I think Vincent could be a good fit for Larson. Yeah, and I think it probably will help that, again, he's not going to be running the show. Um, so, and I, I don't know a ton about, you know, um, coaching delegation, you know? I don't know who really makes all of the decisions and who, um, I believe, Vincent is going to be running the offense and the power play, um, which is why I was delighted by that, the 3D power play unit because you know it's no secret Columbus power play has been bad basically since 2016 um because I'm pretty sure Sam Gagne cursed us on his way out of town um but I I'll be interested to see kind of how he deals with basically being given um preset players and then uh choosing how to deploy those those groups of players so it could it could turn out well. It could turn out um, a little bit, a little bit wonky. Uh, I mostly am excited for fresh blood in terms of who's running the power play, um, because again, the power play real bad, real long time. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. It can't be worse. See what Vincent brings, especially to the power play, but also um, to kind of that assistant coach role of helping. Uh, develop younger players and helping um, kind of manage manage time on ice. Yeah, the good news is when you suck, it can only go up from here. So that's that's the. Oh, hope. this is true. Like, yeah, it, 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 we're picking fifth overall this season. <laughs> um, so hey, maybe next season we'll get to pick sixth or seventh overall. Who knows? Maybe you'll get that Pierre Luc Dubois two point Maybe. So yeah, the um, the Columbus to Winnipeg pipeline continues. We'll see if any more free more comes of that. Come you know, 
free agency or trading or drafting or whatnot, maybe Seth Jones will end up as a Winnipeg Jet. It seems very unlikely, but hey, it it could happen, you know. Um, so if people want to kind of catch up with the with the Jets, maybe catch up with uh, their favorite Pierre Luc Dubois, where can they find you and your show? So our show is, of course, locked on Winnipeg Jets, and you can find me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco, where you can yell at me for all of my really bad Jets opinions. And with that, that will do it for tonight's episode. We have some more thoughts from this podcast that'll be hosted on Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets, so don't forget to give Jay and Locked On Blue Jackets a follow on Twitter and subscribe to their podcast. Before you log off, don't forget to give another follow and subscription to one of our other great podcasts because you need to get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!